the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Rachel, we finally did it. We have microphones. Um, we are we are ready to rock. We are we our our soft launch of the podcast. It's is officially Instagram official. It's a hard launch now. It's a hard launch. It's a hard launch. As hard as it gets. Um, why don't we start, Rachel? Because we we're we've done sort of like a, a I guess less nerd focused shows the last two two weeks. Why don't we do a nerd Thursday? Nerd Thursday. A nerd, a nerd's day, if nerd's you will. Day. This is something that came up right off the top of my head. So, um, no planning. Day. Nerd's day. Let's just go through. Let's 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 lean into the whole um, graph aspect of the pod. Why don't we? And let's talk about some stuff that that is that has jumped out to us. I, like uh, it. I guess this week, and we can start with history happening last night. History. History in the making. In that Alexander Ovechkin was held shotless without a shot on goal. For the for two consecutive games for the first time in his career. That's crazy. Honestly, to think about it, he's been in the league since 2006. Mm-hmm. It is now 2023. So that's nearly 20 years. Yes. And he has not had a single instance where he's not gone two games without a shot on goal. Like, that's crazy. I believe he's, this is either year 17 or 18 for him. He has played well over a thousand games, and he had, this is the first time that he has not gone over. <laughs> he, has, he has not gone two games with a shot on goal. Now it doesn't shock me that it's happening now. Same, agreed. And yes, age is a factor, but like Ovechkin has had to sort of adapt his game because it used to be sort of like a bull in a china shop. You know, we talked about this a little bit on last podcast, but it used to be like a bull in a china shop. He was raw, like running all over the place, hitting people, you know, like he had a million different goal highlights because he was off the rush, you know, obviously the, the one behind his back. Oh yeah, the power, like the power forward. When you talk about being a power forward, he was the first probably like seven, eight years of his career, ridiculous power forward. Like he just was trucking people. And also scoring 50 goals a year. He was he literally, nuts. literally was like if Tom Wilson was the greatest goal scorer of all time. Right. <clears throat> which is which is what he was. Now, though, he's had to adapt his game because the foot speed isn't quite there anymore. Um, and the game has only really gotten faster. And frankly, like, maybe not bigger, but like the bigger guys have more speed and finesse than ever. Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. A, a, a player like Tage Thompson didn't exist when Ovechkin went in the, in the league. A player of Tage Thompson's size was like Darian Hatcher and he could barely move. Yeah, this is true. Now these guys are, 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 you know, going between the legs, pulling off Michigan's. So he's had to be somewhat more of like a surgeon on the ice. He has to wait in his office. He's got to, he's got to score with a scalpel more than a hammer like he was before. So I can understand why, but like, I think this also goes to a bigger, like we can talk about real quick the, the, and I know obviously that we didn't peg them as like going to be a good team, but the Capitals "Quote unquote downfall," so far. It's a fa- like not even they're an eighteen wheeler, kind of like going off a cliff. But like the thing I don't understand is you have Nick Backstrom, mm-hmm. you've got Genny Kuznetsov, you've got Dylan Strom. 
Why is Alex Ovechkin playing with Dylan Strom of those three centers I just named? Like, that does uh-huh. not make any sense to me. I understand Nicholas Backstrom has had a fall-off, but there is no better passer on the Washington Capitals than Nick Backstrom. There's no like, better passer, like, for, o- for Ovechkin, too. Backstrom has yeah. basically, like, allied Ovechkin's oop his entire career, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, that's that's what... He's being the, he's being the Scotty Pippen if Scotty... If, Scotty Pippen, or Nicholas Backstrom has been Ovechkin, Scotty Pippen. Uh, uh, if Scotty, if if this Ovechkin uh, or Backstrom didn't get completely bitter, you know, halfway through their friendship, this is true. You know, that was a, I bungled that, but yeah, Scotty you, Pippen. Yeah, yeah. I believe, and also I believe Michael, like Marcus Jordan, who's Michael Jordan's. I'm not sure if you know this. I didn't even know there was. Okay, so Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son. Do you want to know who he's dating? Scotty Pippen's daughter. Larsa Pippen, Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. What? Yes. Um, she is like 15 years older than him. And Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan don't talk. And Larsa Pippen, I believe, cheated on Scotty Pippen. I'm not sure if it was with Marcus Jordan. How old is Marcus Jordan? Let me look that up. Uh, he's not old. Okay, so he's... Well, think about how old Michael Jordan is, right? Like, like okay, he's, he's okay, like... Okay, but I just want to... You used to be best friends... Um, and now you so are... So, Larsa Pippen's 49, Marcus Jordan is 32. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, like, so it would be, they, they, they're they basically the Michael Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, if, like, Alex, if Sergei Ovechkin uh, uh, didn't end up dating uh, 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 Nicholas Backstrom's ex-wife, if he even has one. So, Good Lord. Anyway, that was a long way to uh, to go around it. But yes, the, the Washington Capitals are looking horrible, and... Listen, uh, we we didn't know, or we we didn't think they'd be good per se. No, none of us thought they were making the playoffs. Uh, of course, um, but I don't think we expect them to be this bad. And also, their their streak of five hundred and eighty eight straight sellouts ended this season, and we're three games in. See, that's kind of crazy to me because even though the team is not that good, you are watching history. That's basically all you're watching at this point. Yeah, you're, their Stanley Cup is getting Alex Ovechkin the goal record. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to be the one to say it. That goal record is more impressive than a Stanley Cup. It is harder to achieve. So He's people, already won a Stanley Cup too. People win the Stanley Cup every year. This goal record, we're talking... One person ever. Exactly. It is more rare to do this. So I actually don't have a problem with the Caps being like, you know what? This is actually the priority here. They can say, oh, we want to win. We want to do this. We want to do that. No, 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 no. The priority is the goal record. And frankly, it should be. Thank the Lord in heaven they won that cup in 2018. Oh my God, because the discourse. It's just not like, it just would have been like an even higher profile like Hendrik uh, Lundqvist. Yeah, he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Because now that Ovechkin has a cup, like we would have, we would have literally, and I, I it would have been a ridiculous uh, conversation, but we would have legitimately had a, is Ovechkin a Hall of Famer because he doesn't have a cup conversation? I guarantee you Which, someone would have brought that up. Exactly. And that's honestly right there. That should just like end the debate. It's like, you don't need a cup to be in the Hall of Fame. Marcel Dion, arguably the greatest player to never win the cup. I think he's like fourth all time in scoring or something like that. Mm-hmm. that's a hall of famer like just because hockey is a team sport it's not roger federer it's not rafael nadal it's not individual it's a team sport where you're only on the ice max a third of the time mm-hmm. it's not like basketball where lebron plays 42 of the 48 minutes in the playoffs so the reality is is if the team around you isn't good you're not gonna win 
And that doesn't mean you're not good. CC Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid's a Hall of Famer if he retired today. Yes. And he doesn't have a cup or an Olympic gold medal because the NHL can't get its crap together. But to take away, to have a Hall of Fame debate because X player doesn't have a cup is so stupid to me. Because what do you, are you going to sit here and tell me that Justin Williams is a better hockey player than Alex Ovechkin because Justin Williams has a cup? Like, you're insane. Justin Williams has two cups, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he's so twice as good as Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Yeah. Sidney Crosby, three times as good as Alex Ovechkin. No. Marcel Dion, bum. Bum. Yeah. Henrik Lundqvist, bum. Bum. Best looking bum there ever was. Jerome, Jerome McGinley, bum. You know, all, all Matt Sundin, bum. All these guys. Phil Kessel, not a bum. Phil, no, Phil Kessel, and I'm still holding out hope that he signs somewhere. It won't be Toronto, obviously. They don't have the cap space to do anything, but um, still hoping. He, There's like 17 teams in LTIR. There were 17 teams that started a, a player short this year. Solid. Like, like at least one player short, which I believe is 20, like in terms of, of the amount of actual players, I think it was 23 players uh, or 23 jobs that were available um, last, if, if everyone iced a full like 23 man roster, there were 23 jobs because the cap was so flat um, that, that basically 23 NHL players had to start in the AHL. Predict that Again, another roundabout way of saying that. Yeah, the I I saw somebody say that they think in the next negotiation that the owners are going to want a bigger piece of the pie. And I'm like, there is no scenario where the owners should be getting a bigger piece of the pie. In fact, the only scenario that is remotely acceptable is they should be getting less because they are legitimately not incurring any risk. Guys mm. are going out there, getting injured, like putting their bodies on the line. Yeah. And you're sitting up in a suite. You assume zero risk. So for any owner to say, I deserve more than 50%, you don't deserve more than 40%. If, like, if Marty Walsh lets that happen, uh, he should be forced to, like, walk out onto the ice, like, onto Lake Ontario when it's frozen until he falls through. Just like, no, no, no. Like he in has The Dark Knight Rises. He has to block an Ovechkin slap shot. No pads. Like, <laughs> like it's... Uh, yeah, boggles my mind. But yeah, f- 588 straight sale games are, are off. Should, like, I know they're trying to get the like, Ovechkin to the, the goal record and everything, but there's no reason why they can't do that while tanking. <laughs> yeah. Like, they got Ryan Leonard, which is a phenomenal draft Hendricks pick. Lapierre is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, Michael's coming up. Not Ryan sure. Chesley is going to mm-hmm. be a great defenseman for them. They've got Rasmus Sandin, Martin Faravari, Alexander Alexiev. Like, mm-hmm. they've got some good pieces, right? Yeah. I think there needs to be some room made. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Nicholas Backstrom retires or gets LTIR next year. Evgeny Kuznetsov, they've been trying to trade for... Forever. A decade. Yeah. Um, who even knows, right? And so you've got Darcy Kemper. That's a legitimate piece and goal. So you're going to have to get rid of him if you want to tank. Because that's like the Canucks trying to tank with Thatcher Demko. Like, good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think Darcy Kemper is at the level that it would really, like... He's not playing well this year, and I don't know if he's at the level where... I mean, you obviously would like to get you rid of him. You would want... You'd prefer... But like, it's not Thatcher Demko. Can you get Eunice Johansson from Tampa and trade them Darcy Kemper? Well, that's actually a great... Why don't we Why don't we make that our segue into talking about the Lightning, who are losing a lot. Um, and Yo, they're, are the Lightning broken? The Lightning, I'm not sure if they're broken. Um, I think that the downfall is here. Or, and I know we're saying that three games into the season, and obviously they are without, like, they're they they they're without their, their top goaltender. 
uh, one of the top goaltenders in the league, and Andre Vasilevsky. And they have Eunice Johansson. Uh, Johansson. Mike's having trouble speaking. I'm today. having a stroke on this podcast. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, they have Jonas Johansson. There it is. There it is. Um, who I will always and I will always bring it up when his name uh, comes up. But I believe it is. I think it was Joe Yurden. It was Joe Yurden. Um, who said, you know, Jonas Johansson is uh, is on waivers today. He is the worst goalie I have ever covered in 19 years. In my 19 years of covering the NHL, he doesn't even stop shots in practice. Yeah. And this was during like the COVID season. So maybe he's grown. Well, we know he hasn't because it's been a rough go to start to start the year. Who could have predicted that the Lightning would struggle with a with a starting goaltending an NHL goaltending tandem of Jonas Johansson and Matt and uh, Matt Tompkin, I believe it is. Yeah, Matt Tompkins. Yeah. Who I had to be like, is it which Tompkins is it? Because there were a couple of them. And that's never a good sign. If I have to Google your goalie, yeah. that's probably not. Look, a it's a great thing. story because I believe he was drafted like seventh yeah, round nine s- years ago or something. And he lot. finally made his, his debut. But like if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you need to win now because your window is, some could say it's already closed, but yeah, it's, it's, closing. it's closing. Yeah. Like it's definitely half more than halfway closed. Um, and they've pissed off their captain, which and is they pissed off their captain, and everyone's everyone's hurt. Like everyone's extensions are kicking in now, except for Samkos, obviously, which is why he's pissed off. Um, things are not going great, and it's not just the goaltending because at five on five, as you pointed out here in our prep so lovingly, um, they are, their expected goals is under forty percent. Yeah, it's thirty eight percent. That's insane. Like so, not only it's not like we're gonna have a chat about PDO as well. We are. But it's not like the Lightning are outplaying their opponents like the Oilers are and getting unlucky. The yeah. Lightning flat out are getting outplayed, outbattled, outshot, outchanced, and outscored. They're they, playing poorly. Yeah, they're, they're bad. Yes. Like, they've just started bad, and John Cooper was like, we're just not playing well. Right? And he's usually the first guy to defend his players. So when that kind of comes out, you're like, all right, this is a problem. And it's not like, yes, they're missing Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky is not capable of getting expected goals. He just stops them. Mm-hmm. So Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, like Victor Hedman, Sergachev, Stamkos, they're all playing. Sorelli, like, Brandon Hagel. Yeah. All of the, like, they, like, they have a good collection of... Cernak's playing... So they're arguably less injured. You said Sergeyev, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're less injured than they were when they nearly beat Toronto in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. The only difference is, is Vasilevsky, but they're just not playing well. And the only difference is they're not playing a team that is playing Justin Hall in top four minutes every single night. Speaking <laughs> of which, Justin Hall, healthy scratch uh, for the, the Red Wings last night. That's a $3 million dollar contract, 3.4. 3.4. You keep making that mistake. You always go... 0.4 less, and really, it's 0.4 worse than you think it is. Pretty remarkable. It's not great, Bob. It's not great. Um, what happens here with Tampa? Like, like how is do they just weather this until Vasilevsky comes back? Till a Vasilevsky who is who is rusty because he's missed most of the season to that point, and also potential. And like, yes, he's healed, but now has an extra set of miles on his body and an extra set of surgery scars. Like, is that their plan? Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, at some point, Tampa's going to blow it up, right? And they're going to get a ton of value for guys like Point and Sorelli and Vasilevsky and whatever. But I don't think that time is now. You still have the players, right? And so I think when you look at it, you have to go out and you got to get a goaltender. 
Like, this is not going to cut it. You need a goalie that is going to be able to hold you up when maybe you're struggling. And they need to figure out their possession. Like, there's lackluster play. They're not executing on their breakouts. They're being forechecked to heck. It's it's not just... And Vasilevsky obviously masks a lot of errors. And I think maybe they're being a little bit exposed. Yeah. But they're behind in games, which means that adjusted, they're even worse, right? You can't be 40% anything and expect to win, right? The Ducks are 40%. You don't want to be in a category with the Ducks and the Blackhawks. Like, unless that's it's not like, a cute way to be. Unless, the only time you want to be in a category of the, with the Ducks is like prospect strength, like prospect pipeline strength. That's Pretty it. Much. Yeah. Um, you talk about them potentially blowing it up. And look, they have good players, but like, Braden Point, it's twenty. It's the year is twenty twenty three, right? Yeah. Okay. So they so Braden Point's under contract for six more years, I believe, including okay. this like after this one. Um, Anthony Sorelli is the exact same. Uh, Nick Paul, I believe, is the exact same. Or no, he's, he's seven more years. I he's think. in no, he's until twenty twenty eight twenty nine. So oh, he's five, five more, years. more years. Braden Hagel though, he has he has uh, I believe seven or eight more years kicking. He's until twenty thirty one thirty two. Goodness, that's nine um, years. Now, here's the thing about, about Mikhail Sergachev is he's 25. He's two years younger than us, which is ridiculous. Um, he, but he is still under contract uh, until 2030, 31. So that's another seven years. Right. Uh, and he'll be good for the duration he will, of that But including this one, Eric Cernak is also uh, seven years. Like they, like, they have a lot of... And obviously, Vasilevsky uh, is signed until 2027, 28. So while they, they could blow it up, a lot of the players who they would quote-unquote blow it up with, they're under contract for a long time. Yeah, but if you're a team that is... Let, let's say you are... We're not going to use Buffalo because they have Darlene and, and Power. Yes. So you you need... You're a team that needs a quality number one defenseman because you're entering even, into your... Like a competitive window. Ah, the Chicago I was going to say, I was just about to say it. Let's say like two, three years down the line we talk with Chicago Blackhawks so when they're you, ready. Yeah, let's say two years because Bedard years. immediately speeds things up. Mm-hmm. Or you're Edmonton. That's true. Yeah, I mean, they have no cap space for it, but still, like... Something like that. But, yeah. like, I'm saying a situation like that, right? So you're Chicago. Do You have Seth Jones signed until the end of eternity. Oh, my gosh. Who even knows why? But you could get Mikhail Sergachev. That's a legitimate top defenseman. Yeah. And then your your team looks a little bit better if Seth Jones is number two or number mm-hmm. three. Then you might have a good Kevin Korchinski at that point exactly. as well. Um, also, speaking of which, Seth Jones on the ESPN 100 players list, Evgeny Malkin not. He's also ahead of Quinn Hughes, which is... Yeah. I don't need to know what the explanation is for that. Because it's whatever the explanation is, it's, it's bad. Wrong. It's wrong. It's bad. Um, but yes, so uh, Tampa, like, really, do they just have to hold on until Vasilevsky gets back? Because keep in mind, Vasilevsky's not a spring chicken either, you know? This guy is... Oh, he's, what is he? He's 26? He's 29. Oh! Vasilevsky, he's almost 30. Oh! Like, and and keep, keep in mind the miles that he already has on his body, and then it would just add... Well, because they've been riding Vasilevsky. Oh, yeah. Like, he's been playing 65, 70 games. His backup has been Brian Elliott for the last two years. Ooh. You know? Like, like he hasn't really had a quality... Like, he was the quality backup uh, to Ben Bishop. Oh, when my he God. Got, I have an idea. What? What if... Okay. Tampa acquired one of the three good goalies in Anaheim's system. 
What it's it's Gibson, Dostal, and Eric Sinek. The young There's another Eric Sinek? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Wow. Ollie. Ollie Eric Sinek. Interesting. So Anaheim clearly wants to give the net to Dostal. Yes. Maybe they should have maybe they should have traded John Gibson. Like why do they keep holding on to this? Yeah, guy? I don't understand. That's it's very silly. But John Gibson is obviously well past like his prime. He is comfortably better than Eunice Johansson. Oh, there, I, there I is could, no debate about that. I can that. probably name you 40 NHL goaltenders. Like 40 goaltenders signed NHL contracts who are comfortably better than Giannis Johansson. Right. Could they maybe make a trade with Montreal for Caden Primo? Why didn't they claim... Or Jake Allen, and then they could bring Caden Primo up. There's so Why many... Why didn't they teams. claim Martin Jones? Like, I know, yeah. it's the, I know it's the obvious answer, but like, what was preventing them from that? Like, what, the $100,000 bonus that, that the Leafs put into the contract? Like... People on TikTok said, oh, like, team... You don't understand. Like, that's not going to hinder teams. They just didn't want Martin Jones because he's bad. I'm like, you clearly are not up to date on how bonuses are paid out. Paying $100,000 in a single day to a single player when your weekly salary budget is likely in the neighborhood of $400,000 is a lot. That's a 20% jump. But is that really, like, is uh, Jeff Vinnick really going to... No. Like... He's worth billions. He's a billionaire. Like, he, he finds hundred grand in his couch, like, every day. You know, yeah. like, so re- that could have, and look, Martin Jones is no spring chicken. Martin Jones is, I would say, not a very good goaltender. He hasn't posted a, a save percentage above 900. He's hit 900 once, and that was the highest in five years. Wasn't he good last year? He had 27 wins. He had an 886 save percentage last year. Good Lord. Like, he, like, that goes to show what he can do behind a good defense. And at least his defense has, that's what Tampa is. his defense has uh, Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev, Eric Cernak. You know, even like Nick Perbix is pretty good, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like, so I don't understand why they didn't just go out and get that. Like, I, I get the salary constraints, whatever. It makes it 800 grand. That's 25,000 more than the, uh, than the league men. Like, who cares? And I'll just send Tompkins down. Yeah. Done. Then there you go. Like, or, or roll with Tompkins and and wave Johansson. Like, who cares? I, Martin Jones is better than both of them. Yes. But like, like why, why, why put yourself in this position? Like you, you didn't, did you really think that Jonas Johansson was the answer to, to keep, they either, com, they either, whoever, whoever said that that was a good idea. It, that's, it was probably Julian Breezebois. Like, like he made the final decision. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, uh, yeah, be but like, he always has like, a, you have advisors. And yeah. Stuff but like you that. make the final decision though. You make, yeah. Like, like you could have your advisors, but he's the one who's like, no, we are not going to claim Martin Jones for free. And Jeff, could you maybe give him literally the change that's in your pocket right now? Like yeah, you, if, if I, if I, you know, I know somebody that literally walks around with 20 grand cash in their wallet and like is not as rich as Jeff Finnick. I want you to give me that person's daily schedule so I can <laughs> rob them. Um, no, but like, Wait, no, like there's an, there is a non-zero chance that he has a hundred grand in his pocket. If I, <laughs> if, if I, um, like pull, like if I, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to pull a, a one man mission, uh, not mission possible, like, like oceans 11 heist on Jeff Finnick. And I went in and I stole a hundred grand from him. How long do you think it would take for him to notice? He wouldn't. It's exactly. A, it's a rounding error. It's a rounding error. It's it's like oh I you know my uh, you know my my uh, my seed budget for my lawn. Uh, oh like like for for a couple my of months. Landscaping it's my landscaping budget. budget. Oh is that like is that missing? All right. Well I guess just like you know put put a hundred grand in that account. We'll be fine. It's like, my bathroom renovation. Like, why didn't you? There, there were a lot of and I know the teams are there are I believe five teams who are carrying three goaltenders to start the year just to keep them off waivers. But there were some decent options. Like Spencer Martin was available. Spencer Martin was available. To, and to be fair, he did get claimed by Columbus. So likely right. they, they had way higher priority than Tampa. 
So they might have put they might have tried to claim him and he didn't. Yeah. Um, but there like there were goalies available. You could have at least given yourself a better chance to tread water before because with a goalie at Vasilevsky's age and and Miles, he's twenty nine, but he's got like the body probably of like a thirty four year old at this point. What about Calgary? They've got Markstrom. They've got Wolf. They've got to do something there. And Vladar, like Vladar, is obviously going to be the odd man out. It's just that Tampa has no cap room. Like they, like they have, they, they, like they're so tied up against the cap, against the cap that they have like Logan Brown, who's making league men on LTIR just to give them a little bit of space. You know, like it's, not it's good. and they still have um, Lightning Legend Brent Seabrook on LTIR. Ah, oh, well, you know, uh, to give them space. But like, it, like. I, just because we're in Toronto, so it's it's off the top of, of your head. Like Martin Jones, eight hundred grand. He's a veteran guy. He won twenty seven games the year before, despite putting up bad numbers. But behind a defense, it's very comparable to yours. You know he. Why? And and you get to go live in Florida, which yeah. to me is a personal hell, but to most people might be fine. The only place I want to live in Florida is Disney World. The only place I want to live in Florida is Star Wars Land inside Disney World. I don't even want to go to the outside part of Disney World. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to wade through a bunch of Mickey Mouse's and you know, like kids. I want to go into Star Wars World, build my own lightsaber, hit a bunch of kids with it, and then go home. So, okay, <laughs> this was brought to my attention, and I feel like I need to do this at some point. Okay. So, Universal Studios also in Florida. Yes. Um, if you guys don't know, I love the Grinch. I basically am the Grinch at certain points during the year. Um. Ninety percent of the year. Ninety percent of the year. There is, after American Thanksgiving, they set up Whoville. Oh, Whoville? Oh, yeah. In Universal. And That's sick as hell. They have a guy dress up in the Jim Carrey Grinch costume and run around saying Grinch lines, like yelling at people perfectly in character so much so that Jim Carrey thought it was good. I have a do s- I go I think you go that? do. I think you definitely go do that. Do you want to hear a story about that movie too? That just, now that you bring it up, just off the top of my head. Because Jim Carrey, obviously, there's oh, a there's like a, there's a lot of makeup for that movie, right? Didn't it, it's like eight hours, it's and eight he had hours. to be trained by like an okay. FBI. Was, he got trained by a by a CIA operative on ways to withstand torture. Yeah, because because getting like and keep in mind that makeup is heavy. It's basically like he said he said it felt like getting buried alive. Yeah, it's so he brutal. so he had to get trained by a CIA operative on how to like adapt how to adapt your body to the sensation of being buried alive as a form of torture to do that movie which if you ever wonder why there was no grinch too that, that would be why that would be why um all right because he was literally going to commit a murder if there was exactly um speaking of murders i guess the the alex de brincat trade um because alex de brincat uh you know he had a, a a definitely a down year by his personal standards in his one season in ottawa um, then he did everything possible to try and get out of Ottawa. He finally did. He went to Detroit. And now he's on pace. He's got a hot start. I believe he scored in every single game. And he's on pace for 79 points. Well, no, he's not on pace for 79 points. My my model oh, you're, yes. projects him now to have 79 points, which is, I believe, a 13-point jump. Yes, he uh, 12, because he was, uh, your model, Nidgley, uh, Nidge, originally, jeez Louise. He cannot talk Originally... Had him at 67 points. Nice. Almost. No, not nice. That's the, in Toronto, it's the opposite of nice. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's not bad. nice. It's instead of being like nice, it's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alex Debrinkat, I mean, look, he went home. He's playing in Michigan uh, with another Michigan boy and Dylan Larkin. That line looks great. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they ran rough shot on Pittsburgh last sure did. night. Um, yeah, Alex DeBrincat, listen, I was skeptical of the Detroit Red Wings. I still am. Oh, uh, yeah. I, like, the shooting percentages are going to come down. That's a, that is a house of cards, my friend. Yeah. House of cards on but Netflix. Alex DeBrincat, I mean, he signs the contract. He, they're playing well. Like, that line is playing well. Yes. None of the other Red Wings are playing well, but they are playing well. So it's kind of masking a lot of the issues and very high PDO, very high shooting percentage. But, hey, you ride that wave, style and flow, every time you can. You're just surfing that wave, riding the wave Mm -hmm. until it goes away. It worked for Nikita Soshnikov all those years ago. Ride the wave. You use that balloon shooting percentage. And you know what? I mean you can ride a hot wave to at least like a bubble sort of situation. Like if Detroit continues to play well, let's say by American Thanksgiving, they're kind of like maybe their first wild card spot. They might not make the playoffs because they're probably mm-hmm. going to fall out. But you know what? That means you're playing meaningful games. That's going to be good for your young players like Mo Sider, Simone Edmondson when he's playing, Lucas Raymond. Like it's it's a positive so, I, I mean, I like the Debrinket edition. I don't think Detroit is getting anywhere close to the playoffs. But it's a hot start for Brinda Cat. Yep, definitely. And Larkin, who is also on a new contract. Um, so, I don't really, like, I mean, it's entertaining to watch right now. So, I'm just going to enjoy it. I have a question. Um, because I, the Florida Panthers, uh, especially if they had won, but they didn't. But they still went to the cup final and, and got close. They were they obviously squeaked in in the last possible with ninety two points, which is like one of the lowest um, point like totals of any team to make the playoffs in recent memory. Yep. Which um, is why the president's trophy needs to be valued more. Exactly, but um, my theory, and I think it's not you know it's not a theory exclusive to me. I'm sure a million other people have it. Is that every team um, that or not every team, but most teams that are like we were talking about with Detroit, where like they might be in the second wild card spot or like two, three points out of the second wild card spot around, you know, around the trade deadline are in, instead of selling, they're going to go for it because they think, why can't we be Florida? Why can't we sneak in and then give everyone a run for their money? Oh, the amount of owners. Yes. Who are and like, I'm thinking of a few specifically, the amount of owners who are like going to be within the five point range of the playoffs. Yeah. They're and they're going to be like, buy like, our first round pick. They're gonna be like bye 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 because like think about how many how many uh, you know free home dates of gate revenue did the Florida Panthers get? get? Pres- oh, I was gonna say yes, but Flo- and the thing is is Thomas Drans pointed this out mm-hmm. aptly. Um, the difference between Florida and everyone else is the year before Florida won the President's Trophy. Yes. So if you win the President's Trophy and then you get riddled by injuries and you squeak into the playoffs, like by all means, yes, you know what? You're probably a better team than your record indicates. Mm-hmm. If you are a trash heap pile team yeah. who is scraping and clawing to get into the playoffs, you ain't going on a Stanley Cup run. But teams inflate themselves and they don't get the big picture. And But I, but, but what I look at with, with Detroit is for as much as we planned on the Iser plan, because they're just, they're, that plan has basically been how many mid players can we acquire and put together? Like how many 82 overalls in NHL can we put on one roster together? Um, and potentially even lower than that. Um they have, Iserman has done a good job of like recognizing that, yes, we might be, you know, three, four points out of it, but we're not going to make it. So let's sell and, and regroup for next year. But I wonder if that changes this year. 
A, because of the Panthers, and B, like, he's like they've made a lot of big-name signings. They have to do something. I wonder if he, he shirks that and just goes like, bye, let's do this. Let's go. Let's, let's get as many players and how that might hurt them in the long run. I think it really depends on how their young players perform. Right. If Lucas Raymond takes the step that they need him to take, if Simone Edvinson comes up and is excellent, um, if Mo Sider has like a 70 point kind of campaign, uh, they need good goaltending. You need a point per game from Debrinkat and uh, Larkin. I think if you get that, maybe. But then again, like your centers are Larkin, Cop, and Comfort, and that is not cutting it. Yeah, I mean, this is a totally different team if Lucas Raymond returns to the player that he looked like he was going to be in his rookie season. Right, they also have got Marco Casper, I believe, playing in Grand Rapids. Yeah. That's their future second line set. Yeah, and that's, that's a very... A tank. And if Elmer Soderblom can kind of get it together, like, that is a, another <gasps> sort of unicorn-type player. Like, he is so big, man, but he can move. Like, he's... I, I don't want to say that every player who's big and can move is Tage Thompson, because I think Tage Thompson is really in a class of his own when it comes to that. But Soderblom is, is what, 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, he's 6'8". He's 6'8". Yeah. He's like 235, 240 pounds, and yet he has soft hands. Like It's like if Zdeno Chara had soft hands. Yes. So he uses his hands to score as opposed to cross-track. They also, other aside from Cider, like they need a draft pick to hit. Edvinson. Because you would like Edvinson to hit, you would like Casper to hit, but like... I think those two are... Keep in mind, like, Volano hasn't hit, Philip Zidina definitely didn't no. hit. He's in, no. he's in the... I think Edvinson and Casper Rasmussen are, hasn't really hit, like... He's coming along. He's coming along, but like, you would expect... He's a contributing... Well, I mean, I didn't like that pick when it was made. No, but he was, he was, he was like, what, a top 15 pick? Like, he was... Yeah, he was like 9. Yeah, he was a top 10 pick, so like, you would hope a top 10 pick, who was picked like, what, four years ago at this point, like, would, like would be more than just a contributor, especially as a forward. Yeah, and I think that's why you've got you've got Edvinson, who I think is a pretty big case to to hit. Marco Casper has all the intent. All the potentials in yeah, the world. Like yeah. just, he is really who I'm excited about for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um I think that he was a huge riser in his draft year and rightfully so. Like if he didn't get taken at six wherever Detroit took him, Buffalo was taking him at seven. They were going to take him instead of uh, Savoy. How quick do you think their sprint to the stage would have been, like, miles per hour compared to uh, when Benson was still on the board? Slower, but not much slower. Yeah. Okay. Because, LOL. I want to see the 40-yard dash times for that. Just, like, if 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 he was available, they would have been able to bolt right to the stage. Um, speaking of, of second-line centers, I guess, at this point in their career, Evgeny Malkin. Noted not, not 100, or not top 100 player. Uh, but he has seven points in three games to start the year. Is that good? Uh, I think he's good. I think he's. Uh, I think he's got his swagger back, as the kids like to say. So he's finally got some line mates in Riley Smith and Ricard Raquel. Can we talk about Riley Smith? The acquisition of Riley Smith for nothing for a third round pick. What a masterstroke! Like, give Kyle Dubas all the credit in the give Kyle Dubas all the credit in the world. Get, you know, mess up Rachel's one shot here with my hand. Um, but like that was a remarkable pick because it, or a remarkable trade because a you give up nothing and you you take advantage of um, you're able to take advantage of a team that you know doesn't want to lose this player. But like you know how, how Jeff Merrick says you know like when team when when you expect teams to throw you life uh, life like racks they, they throw, throw you anvils. Yeah, like that's what Dubas did and he was able to get Riley Smith who is looking like a perfect 
top six forward for them. He's creating space. Jesse Marshall was like, you know, having a borderline orgasm about him on Twitter uh, last night. Shout out Jesse. Love um, Jesse. So it, it was uh, it was pretty great. Yeah, that acquisition was fantastic the day it happened. And mm-hmm. that's something where team gets creative. They understand that what situations other kind of teams are in and they're able to take advantage of it. And Riley Smith is going to be, whether he's playing beside Crosby or beside Malkin, he is going to get power play time. And he's kind of that nice fit, right? So you've got your top mm-hmm. line with Crosby, Gensel, and Russ. Yeah. And then you've got Raquel, Malkin, and Smith. That's a legitimate top six. Absolutely. And and it's pretty formidable too, especially if Malkin's decided he's doing his boogeyman situation. Because Evgeny Malkin's one of those guys, I mean, he's six foot four, he's massive. And when he decides to take over a game, it is a problem. Yeah, it's he has the maybe not recently just because of the amount of injuries he's had, right. but he at at a time it was almost like Malcolm was better when Crosby wasn't there. Yes, he absolutely he was. If I'm sure if you look at their at like the the splits between Malcolm solo and then Malcolm and Crosby together, like I think the split was like at he was like a point, point per game. It was like one point four points per game without Sid and yeah. just under a point per yeah. game with. Like he's like he's able to take over like when he's when he's the guy. That's why when people are like. Oh, if you traded Malkin, like he wouldn't be as good. I'm like, we literally saw Malkin. If anything, Crosby, if anything, dummy. he might be better. <laughs> like, if anything, you might, you know, you make him the guy. You let him cook, at, if you will. Malkin was this close to not re-signing with Pittsburgh. Yes, it, like, it came down to the wire. This close. And I, <sighs> I think that had he done that, maybe this narrative would have kind of dissipated. I'm happy he didn't because. I like the Infinity Stones that Pittsburgh's collecting. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Carlson scored his first goal. You got two points last night. Yeah. Great. Good to see. Good to see. Things we love to see. Um, what is it with what is it with the the Evgeny Malkin disrespect? Or because he he got left off the top one hundred NHL players which of all time ridiculous. list. Which like was even if you want to make an argument like that This is a stupid list. That is like That a, came out at in I believe 2016-17. It was the NHL Centennial Which year. is which was even closer to or which was uh, uh one year removed from Malkin winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. Did he not win the Con Smythe? He won he's won a Con Smythe. Like yeah. he has. I'll bring it up right now. Like he Like Sid won that last Con Smythe. But no, Malkin. He, and he should, or well, well, he shouldn't have won that first con Smythe. And I will, I will go to my no, grave. It, it should have been Kessel. It should have been Philip J. Kessel. And I am, I will never forgive the voters for that. And I have, like, when I eventually get a con Smythe, this is my rant. When I eventually get a con Smythe vote, which will hopefully be in the next like year or two, I will. Well, maybe rec- don't rant while you're scrolling on your computer. I will rectify that. Um, no, I'm, I'm just get, pulling up Evgeny Malkin, who has three goals. And- Which, by the way, you should not be able to vote on the Conn Smythe if you are not in person attendance at the Cup final. Yes. Um, you have to watch the games. Exactly. Um, anyway, uh, Malkin, I want three time Cup winner. He won the Art Ross, or no, the All Rookie Team. Sorry, he won two Art Rosses. Uh, he won a heart. He won a Lester Pearson Award, which is Ted Lindsay. Um, and he did win. He won the Conn Smythe in 08-09. He also won the, the Calder. You're telling me, on top of that, he's got... Three cups. He's got 1,236... He almost has 500 goals. Almost 800 assists. He's got 1,236 points in just over 1,000 games. This is one of the greatest players of all time. And he's been left off now two monumental top 100 lists. Why do people keep disrespecting Evgeny Malkin? I do not get it. Yeah, the disrespect is... 
just insane. I cannot. You have, mm, you have Seth Jones on the list. I believe at like number 54, I think it was, or even like higher, like. I don't know. All I know is Quinn Hughes was at 60 and that was below Seth Jones. In what world? I need to know in what, like, and I know that. You have Patrick Laine at 83. Patrick Laine has done nothing in recent years. And, and like, I could understand. Okay. Like if you're saying for future, well then first of all, Connor, but the fact that Connor Bedard wasn't on the list, he's already a top 10 player in the league. Like, I don't know if he's top 10 yet. Like he, like by the end of this year. Oh yeah. By the end of this year. Yeah. Like a hundred percent right now he's top 50 going away. Top 50. But I would say by Christmas, we're, talking about him as a top 10 player in the league like he's yeah, that good which will bleed into our next uh, uh our next chat here but in a second with Malkin like I simply I don't I don't get it like what is it what is it about is this it guy because he doesn't like to talk to the media is it because for a guy who doesn't like to talk to the media he sure gives a lot of entertaining quotes right, like he's so funny like he is extremely funny for a guy who like who might have that against him he sure does give you a lot of column fodder if you will like that's what I think uh, uh, like now that I am you know part of the establishment now that I am in in the media or whatever like the media you know, I, I can see why why a guy like Paul Maurice, for example, gets so much leeway because let me tell you, Rachel, that guy is quote Christmas. If you have if you even Rick Bonus. Yes. If you are on deadline and you need like quotes to fill out an article in the at like eleven PM when you don't wanna when you don't really want to write, like and Paul Maurice steps up to the stage and gives you like three bangers, you're gonna be like, never fire this guy. I want him there forever. I can see that, I can respect and understand I used to make fun of people for that. Now I'm like, I get it. Um Evgeny Malkin is a lot like that, even in the sense that, like, yes, he might not give you, he might not talk to the media all the time. He might, he might pull up Marshawn Lynch every once in a while. But when he does talk, he gives very, very good quotes. He's usually pretty candid. Um, yeah, he doesn't hold back. Exactly. Like he's so, like, we play bad. Okay. This guy's a three-time Cup winner. He's won a Conn Smythe. He's won. He's won a Hart. He's won two Art Rosses. You know, he was he won the Calder. He won. He was on the All Rookie Team. You know, he's been an Olympian. He's been an All Star. Why? It's honestly ridiculous. Seth Jones has done none of that, by the way. Like, Zero. Like, like he, he is 0 for like 6 of what I just mentioned. Um, a lot of players are 0 for. I don't think you can you put... I don't think you can put a guy in the top 50 whose contract is are, like widely agreed to be the worst in the league. No. Like, I don't think that's... Like, like I, I think that that should just... If Seth Jones was 100 and Malkin wasn't on the list, it would be... It would be a travesty. I'm surprised, like, the city of Pittsburgh isn't riding right now. Maybe they're just... They're too busy yelling about the Steelers. That's true, and there's a lot to yell about. Even though NFL... I believe NFL Network had them number five on their power rankings, which is absurd. They had what? I believe I saw that, yes. Oh my god, that's not good. I did find it very funny, though, um, that during the... I believe it was during the opener against Connor Bedard, uh, Pittsburgh... And you you know a lot about the NFL because you host a show and you do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, the Pittsburgh crowd, because it was in Pittsburgh, start, started chant, chanting, uh, Fire Canada. And because that yes. is that is in reference to pit, like terrible Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada. But I have to imagine that a lot of players who didn't know that we're like, why? Why is everyone giving me a xenophobic rant right now? Why is everyone telling, saying to fire Canada? Like, it made no sense. But yes, why? Like, I will never understand why there is a dis- such a disrespect and such a repeated disrespect for Evgeny Malkin. 
Yeah, and I'm not really interested in any explanation because there is no explanation that is going to be acceptable. Even if you want to make the argument that like he is Crosby's sidekick or running mate, which okay, is well, not. Okay, well, it's always dry cycle. Yes, which is not, but let's just say that. Like, again, we bring back the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen argument. Like, Scottie Pippen made the Hall of Fame. Scottie Pippen was constantly on top 10, top, you know, top 100 lists. Scottie Pippen made the the NBA 75 team, which is the 75th anniversary of the NBA. They, they put the 75 best players. Scottie Pippen was in there. Why do we keep, like, we're getting, if we're going to go like Wizard of Oz, buddy, with a, hold on. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Okay. By this logic, if Superman to Batman, if that's the logic. No, we're doing Batman to Robin. Batman, Batman is his, Robin. Batman is his own super. He's, Batman is no one's sidekick hey, if creature. You're, if you're going Batman, Robin. Mm-hmm. Then Mitch Marner can't be on the list. Leon Dreisaitl can't be on the list. Kale McCarr can't be on the list. Or Nathan McKinnon, pick whatever one you want. Miko Randon can't be on the list. Uh, who else can't be on the list? Brayden Point to, yeah. to Nikita Kucherov. Exactly. Like, uh, you, this, you, anyone. That's the logic we're Devin using. Taves to Kale McCarr. Like, that's the logic we're, we're I, Apparently. Using. And in that, logic, Mitch, in that logic, I believe Mitch Marner thinks Austin Matthews can't be on the list. <laughs> we're going to be real yes. about that. But, like, that's what we're going with? Apparently. And it's not like, 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 Marner and Matthews play together. Dreisaitl and McDavid play a lot together. Malkin and Crosby do not and have not played They've never been on the same line. Yeah. So he's driving his own line and is not, and putting up all these points and is not being credited for what he's doing. And also, Sidney Crosby was on that list at, like, 30-something. Hello? He's also, like, not only does Malkin drive his own line, he consistently plays better without his supposed, you know, like, Batman. Like, it's, it's like yeah. if Robin flourished as Gotham City's protector without Batman. Like, it... it, it, it I will not stand for this disrespect. I, I want someone, like, call... Not call in. Uh, send us replies on Twitter. That's what the kids do these days, right? Um, to, to be, like... To, under, to help explain why this is happening. Because I really... I genuinely want to know. I'm tired of getting Malkin disrespect. I'm yeah. tired of it. The only tweets I want to see about Malkin are when it's like somebody's being pulled out of the lineup. Just Malkin question mark. Uh, that's my favorite. It's my that's favorite. That's the best bit. In I believe that's. Twitter. I believe that's thanks to Mark Madden. I believe who who did I think, that. Yes. Yeah. God um, bless him. All right. We're we're a, at least you're a nerd on this podcast. I'm more of a geek. Um, I think. But what is the difference? The geeks are more into like like superheroes and comics and stuff. Whereas oh, yeah, ner- nerds are more math. That's me. Exactly. Um, so why don't we talk about PDO? I think that's the natural way to do it. PDO. Um, PDO. PDO is. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like you probably know what it means by now, but PDO is like. It's save percentage lucky. and shooting percentage combined. basically. Yeah. It basically measures like how lucky you're getting. Yeah. Um, so if a team has a 900 shooting percentage and they have a 10% shot, uh, a 900 save percentage and a 10% and they're shooting 10%, I believe that's what a 91 PDO. Uh, or is that 100 that's 100 PDO? That's 100 PDO. That's 100 PDO, yes. Um, usually this, yes, it, it's it's a great way. It, it's it's not it's it's not perfect, but it's a great way to, to calculate luck. It's a snapshot. Yeah, because it, it says how how lucky they are at shooting the puck and how unlucky they are at stopping the puck uh, for a team. And that, and so it, it's it's a great way, three games into the season, for us to talk, uh, to take like a look at... who should be panicking and who maybe needs to just exactly. settle it down. Because let's say, you know, a, a team has a, has a slow start and you go, oh no, well, maybe they have a terrible... The Oilers. The Oilers, or, you know, the, for example. So let's talk about the highest PDO first. Um, that is the Canucks, the Sens, the Ducks, and the Habs. Yeah, so uh, the Canucks, I mean, they got outplayed by Edmonton in both games. And they just, like, Edmonton's goaltending was a 
trash heap. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Jack Campbell did bring it together in the third game. He played very well. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the first two. Yes, games. the first two games they got destroyed by the Canucks. Trash heap. <laughs> Which is why the Canucks PDO is probably so high. Mm-hmm. Is because, I mean, they played the Oilers who were getting goaltending that, like, my grandmother might have done better with. So you got that. So the Oilers are going to be fine. They're winning the possession game. They're winning the scoring chance battle. They're going to be fine because their goaltending is not going to be 740 for the whole year. Like, mm-hmm. it just simply will not occur. I mean, you would think so. Right? You never know, though. So you have that, right? But from a high perspective, the Habs, like, they're going to fall off. They just lost Kirby Doc out for the year. The ACL Ducks and MCL. The Ducks are about to play Dallas. So... There might be a problem. That's why I'm starting the entire Dallas first line in my fantasy lineup tonight. So then you have the Sens. The Sens, everyone's like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Their PDO right now, I believe, is 113. A high PDO is like 105. They're 113. Like they're like off the chart, basically. Like they would break the chart. Yeah. Usually the chart is like 95 to 105. And and to be fair, they're doing this without trading Vladimir Tarasenko the, after the first game he ever played with yeah, the Yeah, I know. Wow. He scored last night. He did. He also got two assists the game after uh, a, a prominent media member decide, said, hey, Dorian should just get what he can from right now. What it's is clearly the worst opinion? Trade a player after one game or Evgeny Malkin not in the top 100? Evgeny Malkin. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Like, I, the Sens are not, <laughs> like, they're a much better team. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. They're not a top five team in the league. Get lost. Like They are exciting. I love watching them. They're so entertaining. They have a lot of great players. Like, I like I picked them to make the, the playoffs. It goes against my entire brand, you know? Like, but I had to because I didn't want to I didn't want to look like right, a fool. But they're gonna come back down to earth. So what you're likely gonna see is they're red hot right now. They've got shooters that are red mm-hmm. hot. They've got goaltending that is a little bit of a house of cards. So they're likely going to have, they're going to be one of those streaky teams this year, right? You win a lot, you lose a lot, and it's basically going to go with their PDO. Mm-hmm. Um, because their expected goals and underlying metrics are fine, but not this good. It's just not sustainable. I, I could see them kind of being, I guess, like a bubble team. Yeah, that's what that's where I have them. Yeah, have them but in they're, fourth. Like, they're not a top five team in the league. No, absolutely not. They're not this wagon that my Twitter timeline would tell me they are. Yeah, and to be fair, I think it's I think it's great that we let Sens fans enjoy it. Enjoy it because all the, they've they've been threatened with relocation. They've been basically spat on by Eugene Melnick. One of these fans gave Eugene Melnick his kidney, and then Eugene Melnick was basically like, "Oh yeah, and by the way, if you don't buy tickets, I'm going to move this team." You know, yeah. it was, you know, that's what he did. Um, no, they've got Michael Anlauer, who yes. is obviously a much better owner. I'm thrilled for Sens fans because well, they let's be realistic, this. though. Yes, but they yeah, do. Let's be let's be realistic. No, like in the same way that Austin Matthews is not going to score 200 goals. Yeah, it remains to be seen. The Ottawa Senators are not going to win the division. They're not like there's none of that. They're a pesky team that will be a nuisance to play in the playoffs but right now are overperforming their metrics. Absolutely. Um, and now, Rachel, before we move on to our final topic, I just want to ask you a question. Is it a good thing to sign a goaltender, uh, to be a capped out team to the point where you cannot uh, sign a 20, I believe he's a 22-year-old center uh, who had 20 goals in his first 
full NHL season. Not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, and then also had to ice a team that was one player short on opening night. Um, keep in mind, you're that team. Is it a good idea to sign a goaltender with a very troubling track record to a five-year deal and then put him in a tandem with a guy with with a guy who's been a career backup in Anton Forsberg um, to start the year? Is that a good way to allocate your dollars? No. Yeah, because... So I, basically they gave Pierre Dorian license to use the salary cap and he used it terribly it's like it it reminds me a lot of when i got my first job i got my first paycheck and i was like "Hmm, i could save this i could potentially invest it i could save up for like a new bike or you know like put this in a college fund and instead i spent it all on uh like comic books and i believe an xbox that i didn't end up playing that's basically what he did i did something different with my paycheck what a shock. But then um, you have the lower PDO teams. The yes. Oilers, the Leafs, the Flames. They're not going to get the goaltending that they've been getting. Yeah, it's funny how the Leafs have scored. Uh, I mean, obviously, they only scored one against uh, Chicago the other night, but they scored 13 goals combined in their first two games. And yet they still have one of the lowest PDOs because A, their shooting percentage isn't being great, but also their save percentage. They just have not been getting goaltending to start no, the year. No, they just haven't. And neither have the Oilers. And so, like, they're going to come back up. Everything evens out, right? You're going to see, like, the Ducks are not making the playoffs. The Habs are not making the playoffs. Like, it's not happening. Whereas, like, the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. The Leafs are going to make the playoffs. Like, things will even out. It's game three. Yeah. Right? My model hasn't even normalized yet. We're not getting there until Halloween. Right? So, I think everyone just take a, a sweet breath. Your team is probably not as bad as you think it is and probably not as good as you think it is. Exactly. Speaking of not as bad and not as good as you think it is, um, Connor Bedard. Is good. He's very, very good. I wrote about him the other day just in terms of the media onslaught um, and how it's a good thing. But he's got he's played four games. He's got one goal. Um, bust. Clearly bust right out the gate. Um, now, here's the thing about Connor Bedard is that he has... He, he is uh, uh, leading the NHL. He's tied with Austin Matthews, who, keep in mind, has six goals in three games. Um, he's tied with Austin Matthews for the NHL lead with 28 individual scoring chances each. Nobody else even has 17. Wow. He is over, like, Matthews and Bedard, but specifically Bedard, because we're talking about him, has, has 12 more individual scoring chances than the next closest player below him. Keep in mind, he's played four NHL games. Like... Like, it, it's crazy. He, he's averaging seven scoring chances a game. He is shooting 5%. When that regression to the mean happens, it is going to be hilarious. He's going to he's gonna score freaking 10 goals in eight games or something like that. Like Yeah, he has, he's shooting 5%. Bad, yeah. When you're generating, and players like Bedard usually shoot between 15 and 17%, mm-hmm. when he starts shooting where he's capable of shooting... He's going to have one of those Matthews things where he's either back-to-back hat-tricks or like 10 goals in six games or whatever the case may be. He's so talented to be creating seven individual scoring chances per game on the Chicago Yeah, I was about to say, like, look at his supporting cast. Yes, like Taylor Hall is still a good player, but like after after Taylor Hall, like you have similar somewhat somewhat rookies or like. Andreas Anathasiu and like a, a wash Corey Nick Foligno and a wash Corey Perry, you know, Ryan Donato, who was like not qualified, like, like stuff like that. Right. It's yeah, to be doing what Bedard is doing. He's going to get his cookies and it's, he's going to regress positively in a real big way. 
Should we say that Bedard's low scoring, like, should we say that Bedard's 5% shooting percentage is fine? Like, should we, should we make that our, our, this is fine segment and like, oh, it's not like keep for the rest of the league to be like, oh boy. Like, because make no mistake, like the barrage is coming. Like this will not sustain for very long. Like teams are going to need to batten down the hatches. Because he's going to light their rinks on fire. The levees are about to break. Yeah. This this kid has like this Austin Matthews got out to a historic start to the season. Like literally. Like yeah. when's the last time a player is has And if Connor Bedard shot the same as Austin Matthews did, he'd also have six goals and we would be talking about We would be like we, there would be a religion. We would be we'd be on our, we would be on our knees right now in front of a picture of Bedard giving him thanks for allowing us to for all the bountiful blessings he's given us. Instead, he's got one goal, he's shooting 5%. Um, and keep in mind, he also has like three points, like in four games, which is still pretty good. Um, but like the in terms of the math, don't forget he's played Toronto, Boston, and Pittsburgh in three of his first. Absolutely, games. Like, that's- and as we mentioned on the on the uh, on the show on, on the last show, like the Blackhawks' schedule, they have like two games against non-playoff contenders until like Christmas, basically. Yeah. Like like they they are playing. They have they're getting a help a healthy helping of like Vegas. And, and, and yeah, all but these when different he play- gets going, he defenses is, are going to be saying this, this. is fine. Um, so yeah, like like we just wanted to, it, this is more of a PSA. If we could put it on like you know the emergency broadcast system, being like Bedard warning, like get, Bedard warning, like Woo! like get on get into solid ground, go underground, lock your doors, you know, hide like your stay, kids, hide, hide your wife, wife and hide your husband because Bedard is 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 he's going to be scoring up in here exactly. Um, so yeah, we like to say that Rachel. I believe this is the end of the podcast. I believe this is. I believe it is. End of our. What day is it today? It is Thursday. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where. In case you're that's wondering where we're how at. my week's going. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It. it uh, thank you for listening. We all, we finally have mics. This is great. Um, so yeah. We we we're finally a real podcast, which is lovely. Um, we will be back. Uh, obviously, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and uh, check out and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I've always wanted to do the YouTuber. Like and you subscribe. Know, like and subscribe. Smash that like button. <laughs> smash that to subscribe button. Uh, or do the Steve Dangle. You know, like this video. Uh, <laughs> like if you really like it. Tell all your friends. And, uh, you know, or or it's it's like this. Uh, no, if you like it. If like you if you like it. Subscribe if you really like it. Tell, tell all your, your friends. friends. And... I'm a dork. Um, so Mike is not able to speak today. I really am not, um, which is probably a good reason why we're ending the show right now. So, uh, yes, we will. We're also back with uh, uh, the Bed and Jam action show uh, for the Hockey News. Rachel and I, you know, teeing you up for a night, uh, three uh, three days a week, teeing you up for um, you know all you all you betters out there uh, for using Kevin. Which is your model. Yep. Yes, uh, which is going to be great. So we are back with that. Um, We got a lot of fun stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be back on Monday.